talk. All right, all right, all right. Find a seat. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. All right. What's up, HSM? How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. Well, I'm so excited to be sharing with you guys tonight. Um, as I think about this past week, has it been incredible? Has it been incredible? Um, I am already reflecting on how much I have been learning over the past four days. Uh, today I was reflecting about um, how I, I learned that I'm a really good judge whenever it comes to um, blob and belly flop competitions. Am I right? Am I right? Um, I've learned that I should never go against Spooner whenever it comes to Kajabi. She's a beast out there, terrified of her. And I've also learned, um, I've learned a lot about, about you guys as our high school ministry. I've had incredible conversations with some of you students, and it has been so much fun getting to know more uh, about all of you. And so I'm excited uh, to share today, but something that you get to learn about me is um, I like amusement parks. I like amusement parks. I'm curious out there, who here is a fan of amusement parks? Like you like Disneyland, you like Knott's Berry Farm, Universal Studios. On a count of three, shout out. What would be your favorite? One, two, three. All right, I have no idea what you said, but as, as I think about amusement parks, here's the thing that I love about it. It is like going into another world, right? Like you, you step into the park and you, you eat the food, you get on the rides, you, you see the theme that is sort of going on there. And when I think of a park like Disneyland, I, I see this as like the five star experience. Anybody here like Disneyland was the thing you shouted out loud? All right, all right. Well, I'm an annual pass holder, but I have the SoCal one. So I'm blocked out this summer and it's been it's been a huge bummer. But when I think about Disneyland, I think about how they do things so well. And here's what I mean by this. Like when you go to the park, um, suddenly you are, you are hungry. Because all of a sudden you begin to smell the smells of like popcorn and churros. And what I found out is they actually spray these smells into the air. They're so genius about this. They get you to smell it, which builds up this hunger. And I buy a churro every time. Who here would have bought a churro if, if you went to Disneyland, all right? All right, I'm not alone in this. And then like the merch, right? Like they got the Disney ears and the lightsabers that you build. And then even whenever I think about the rides, when I think about the rides, so Minyoki actually brought this up and I was like, oh man, I'm on the same wavelength, dude. Roller coasters kind of scare me. But the thing about Disneyland is there is so much like trust and faith that I have built in because they're just so high quality and all of the things that they do that whenever I go there, I get on that Incredicoaster every single time. And I feel like, oh man, I feel safe whenever I put that strap over my head. I feel like when it goes and I go upside down, I'm going to get through. I feel like I can have a lot of faith because of their high standards that they have at Disneyland. But I think also about some other amusement parks. Who here is gonna to go to the OC Fair this summer? Yeah, yeah, that's what's up, that's what's up. Okay, so I, I love the OC Fair. I'm always gonna go once over the summer, but here's the deal about the OC Fair. I went to school at Vanguard University, which was right across the street. And so what I would see is that there would be, there would be no OC Fair. Like one day, it's just this blank pavement of nothing. 
But then the next day, it's like all of a sudden there is like this huge skyscraper of a roller coaster that's flinging people up in the air. And I'm thinking, there's no way that I'm going to get on this pop-up ride that was built within a day. Like that is, that is sketchy. Anybody else feel the same way? Like I don't get on mobile rides. That's not what I do. I like the thing that's sturdy. It is built in. But the mobile stuff, it's, it kind of sketches me out. And, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, let me convince you. By, uh, by watching this video. Check this out. You guys seen this? So I don't know, you guys notice this thing is like wobbling and all of a sudden all of these people are jumping on it to hold it so this thing doesn't go tipping over. All right, all right. So what do you guys think? Did you get on that? Who did you get on? Oh, all right, all right. I would not. There, there's no way that I would get on this ride. But as I think about it, I'm going to go a little further. Now, who here likes boomers? As this is just, five of you, five of you. So there's something that feels a little uncertain for me too about good old boomers, but we like it's mini golf and everything. But there was a day, there was a day uh, when I first went to, like I said, Vanguard University. It was my first week of college. Um, I came here, I had no friends. I was from Hawaii, so I was kind of coming in, a clean start, that sort of thing. And so uh, I, I, had, I had maybe but a couple of friends. And we had what was called like a music camp. And so on one of those days, we went to Boomers. And, uh, and on that day, I never looked at a teacup in the same way. These teacups, I'll show you a picture of it. You, you guys familiar with these things? All right, so I never looked at this in the same way, and here's what I mean. is So the one friend that I was hanging out with, his name was Andy. His name was Andy, and, um, and so whenever I was hanging out with Andy, he invited me to hang out with him on this teacup ride. And so, I know, ooh. Um, and so, so I was thinking about this, and I'm like, I get motion sickness. Like, I get motion sickness, like, to the extent that when I'm driving, I get sick. And so I'm thinking, like, this is probably not a good idea. I'm letting him know this. But he's like, nah, nah, it's fine. Well, it'll go easy and slow. It'll be, it'll be okay. And so I get convinced to get on this teacup ride with him. But it's, but it's not like the Disneyland one. It's like these dinky little, little teacups that when we get into this teacup, like our knees are basically touching. It's so small. And I know many of you like to make a comment about my height. Like I'm feeling so short next to this, this thing right here. But I was, I was like big in the teacup. Like the backrest of it went right over here. And so when I'm sitting in, I'm like thinking there's no strap. There's nothing to kind of like control what's going to happen here. But it is a kiddie ride. We will, we will be okay. So as the ride starts going, we are spinning this thing and looking into each other's eyes, and it's, and it's going okay, and so we're spinning this. But then all of a sudden, dude starts spinning this wheel, like, like just even faster. And so I'm like, oh, all right, all right. And I just, like, I'm going through the motions, right? I'm going faster and faster. But then some, at some point, that, that sickness that I feel begins to come upon me. And so I'm feeling like we're going around in circles. And here's what happens to my back. I start pulling backwards. Like gravity is beginning to pull me out of the teacup because I'm getting so dizzy. Like I, I can't hold my body in. And so as we're going, he's going faster and faster. And he's just like whipping 
whipping this thing, but at some point I'm here and I can't keep up with it, that I let go of the wheel and at some point my back is straight out of this teacup and I'm going boom, 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 like half of my body out of it. And I'm just screaming for my life, help me, help me, I don't wanna die in a boomer's teacup. But I thought that that is what was gonna happen uh, that day. And so suddenly he catches on that I'm in panic mold. He stops himself from laughing and he pulls me back in. I get out of that teacup to only see 30 of my new college peers staring at me as I do this walk of shame off the teacup. And you know, I think about this. I think about this. I'm like, why in the world did I trust this guy and did I trust this teacup? And I think about how we put our faith in some crazy things sometimes. And here's what I mean. Like, I, I think about this. Like, I put my faith, I kind of, at some point, put my life on the line, going into this teacup ride, or maybe putting my faith into that Incredicoaster. And, and what is faith? Faith is believing in something that we don't even know the full outcome of. There might be some, some inklings or things in that, that helps to lead us there, but we don't know the full outcome of where that thing or person or circumstance will lead us. Faith is a really interesting thing. And so this week, we have been talking a lot about this word faith. And the thing that I want to invite us into today is to consider what faith looks like and what is worth putting our faith into. Have you guys asked yourself that question this week? What is worth putting your faith into? And is, is God worth putting your faith into? Some of you are asking that question for the very first time, and I'm so excited that we get to look to stories in the Bible that encourages us about what faith can look like in our lives. And so we're going to look to further to the story of, who's the guy we've been learning about? What's his name? Daniel. It was like a little murmur. Daniel, Daniel. And so we're going to look into Daniel chapter 6. Can you say chapter 6? All right, that's where we're living in today. So we're looking into Daniel chapter 6. And the way that this story opens is it opens with a guy named Darius. Everybody say Darius. Darius. All right. And so Darius is the new king that he is in charge, and he is in charge of a lot of land. And as he is in charge of it, he looks out and he sees that this is a lot to have to oversee. And so he puts these rulers and he puts this, these governors in charge with him. And one of those people, one of those governors, was a man by the name of what? Any guesses? We just said it? Daniel. Daniel. So Daniel is one of those guys. But here is the thing about Daniel's relationship with the king. Daniel was actually someone who was trusted. Daniel was actually someone who the, king, um, he, who the king had respected, and scripture actually even says that he was the preferred one. It makes me think about how sometimes we believe there's like a favorite sibling in the family. Nod your heads if you know what I'm talking about. Um, anybody here think that you're the favorite sibling? All right, now, can everyone just look at those people and just glare at them for a second? We all don't like you right now. We all don't like you. So here's the deal. I, uh, I would have thought, I know you, we're, we're so caught up in this. I would have thought that my brother was the favorite sibling. Um, now I know a lot different, but here's me and my brother. 
Everyone say aw. I know. I know. Aw, because I was the cute one, right? So, so here's the deal. I'm the younger one, and being younger just was harder. And I always thought that my brother, he knew more. He was smarter. He never got in trouble. I was always doing something wrong. He was super bossy, but I would fight back, and that would, that would lead me to being grounded. So I saw my brother as, like, the preferred one. And so we see that in this story, this is kind of like what Daniel was experiencing with these rulers and governors as they saw and they noticed this and because of that this thing called jealousy began to surface up anybody experienced that before yeah and maybe if it's not that sibling it could be that classmate it could be that team rival it could be whatever that thing is and you feel competitive then maybe when that jealousy has stirred up in your life you've noticed and those questions what makes that person so special what makes that person so awesome that they have what what, what, what I want. And maybe through that jealousy, you've made certain decisions, you've said certain things that you wish you could take back. Maybe uh, like on the Kajabi, Kajabi, I don't know, competition, we began to see some competitiveness come out. But imagine your jealousy takes you so far that you plan to kill someone. I know, I know. And uh, if this is anybody in the room, I'm going to tell you, uh, please, please get help, talk to someone, that sort of thing. But here's the deal. This is actually what is happening. It's crazy. This is what's happening in Daniel's story. These hundred-some rulers and governors begin to evolve their jealousy so much that they decide that they want to help get rid of this guy. And so what they do is they look to the thing that separates Daniel and makes him different. What, what can we go after him about? And the thing that they noticed about Daniel was that Daniel was a man of faith. Daniel was a man of faith. Can you guys say the word faith? Faith. faith. So we're going to look to Daniel's faith today, and we're going to see how that plays out. So Daniel was a man of faith, and what they chose to do is to go to the king and to say, hey, king, you're so awesome and cool and mighty, and because of that, don't you think it would be a good idea for all of us to, to worship you for the next, like, 30 days, right? Like, you're, you're so awesome. Anybody here would be like, oh, yeah, I'd love people to worship me for the next 30 days. All right, no one wants to admit that. But this king found himself in this place. They boasted him up so much that he found himself saying, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So then they're like, okay, great. Well, let's solidify this and make this real. If anybody worships anyone besides you, what we'll do is we'll throw that person into the lion's den just to show them how important you are as a king. So let's slip this contract over. You sign it, and it's done. Do you guys think the king signed it? Yes. yes. If you know how the story plays out, he signs it. And so here's what we see in, um, in, in Daniel 6. So, but before that, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder. So Daniel is a big part in this story, right? He hears the news of this king signing a paper that he can't worship anybody, but he is a man of faith in God. I don't know about you, but if I were in this moment, what I would be doing is probably freaking out. I'd be thinking, where do I need to go to uh, escape and make sure that I'm safe? Or if I choose to stay, then maybe what I need to do is like run up to my room, close the window, shut the door, like lock it, and uh, turn off the lights, and then pray in silence, Lord, 
help me. But here is what Daniel did. So let's look at Daniel 6, verse 10. It says this, that when Daniel leaned or learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house. The windows in its upstairs room opened toward Jerusalem, and three times a day he gets down on his knees. He prays, and he gives thanks to God, just as he had done before. See, what we see in this verse, guys, is so important because there's no hiding. There's no hiding because what he does is he runs to his room. Instead of shutting the doors, he goes to the window facing towards the city, and he prays to God just as he had always done before. And we see something first off about Daniel's faith in this moment, and it's this. The first point of today is, is that faith is seeking God in prayer. Faith is seeking God in prayer. See, in this situation, we see that he is in a tough one. He is in this one where he has potentially the opportunity of being thrown into this lion's den. I'm sure it was so overwhelming. And so what he does is he does what he knows best, to go to God in prayer. And what we see is he goes to God in prayer courageously. Say the word courageously. Courageously. And the reason why it's courageous is because he believed that God really was the one in control in this situation, that God could potentially save him from the situation that he is in. And something that I also notice about what the verse says is it says that he prayed three times a day, not like he's done it for the first time, but just as he has always done before. So what that tells us is that prayer is a routine in his life. Prayer is something that he does constantly. Can you guys say the word constantly? So he prays courageously and he prays constantly. So he prays what? Courageously and constantly. And this is so important because sometimes if we are not careful, prayer can become something like believing that God, whenever things are convenient or we have some asks or demands, we go to God in those moments and those moments only. We can begin to treat God something somewhat like, like a genie. Like when we give him our wish list and ask for our demands, something, something kind of like, like this. It's hard to make out. <laughs> Such a crick in the neck. Hang on a second. Whoa! Whoa! All right, all right. Have you guys seen that movie before? All right, so we get this idea that this genie is mighty, he's strong, he's powerful. But the thing is, if you notice, he has what on his wrist? He has like these chains, right? And these chains are an indicator that he is not the one that is in control. It's the person with the lamp who's in control. And so that person can give them their demands. Here's my list of the things that I want to come true. But he, as mighty as he is, is not the one in control. Guys, let me tell you, we got a God 
who is so much bigger than that picture. We have a God who is the one who is ultimately in control. And so when Daniel went to him, I'm sure that he went to him believing God, hey, you can rescue me if I'm to be put into the lion's den. I believe that you are the one in control. But he takes it even further. He goes to God not just because he is in need, but he goes to God because he believes that he is Lord, that he is Savior, that he is King just like we talked about last night, that he is king. And so I want us to look as the story continues. So we see that as Daniel is praying, he's spotted. And the report is sent to the king, and it leads us to this next verse. In the next verse, it says, in Daniel 6, 16, it says, So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. And the king says to Daniel, May your God, whom you continually serve, May he rescue you. So we see in this that the king, the king actually didn't want Daniel in the lion's den. He's probably looking at this situation, he's like, oh crap, like I made a mistake. I, uh, I signed something that I shouldn't have signed. And because of that, because of that, that has, uh, that has led Daniel into the lion's den. So it doesn't cause him to back down. He recognizes, I signed it, so I have to commit to that. So Daniel gets thrown into the lion's den. But what he says is he says that if your God is real, if your God is true, then he is going to need to rescue you. Let's see if he can do that. And so there's almost this invitation moment of let's see what God can do on display. So that's the second point. And the second point is this, is that faith is obeying. Can you guys see the word obeying? obeying God, trusting that he is the one in control. Faith is obeying God and trusting that he is the one in control. See, Daniel didn't go into the lion's den because he knew for sure that God would rescue him. Maybe he believed, but here's the deal. Daniel went into the lion's den because of his act of obedience, that he believed that though he could be thrown into the lion's den, that ultimately God is the one in control. And I don't know about you, but I don't like entering into circumstances in my life that are, that are challenging. Does anybody here like hard stuff? No, right? Does anybody here like shortcuts? Like you like the easy way through, right? And you begin to see like, okay, there's this way. It looks easy. There's a shortcut. But you also see there's this way, which is maybe God's way, but it feels like the longer way through. It feels more challenging. And you're affronted with this question of which way should I take? Um, I like shortcuts. I like easy stuff. It makes me think of something like, like fast food drive-thrus. Anybody out there, you like going through the drive-thru? It's just quick, easy, get what you need. Um, anybody here like Starbucks? Anybody here appreciating the cafe that we have going on and the, the drinks you can get from there? Yes, yes, yes. So there is something, there is something about uh, that though I have my own Nespresso machine at home, there is something about someone else like making my coffee, the convenience of that that just makes it taste better. Do you guys know what I mean? It's like when someone makes it for you, it's just like, oh, like it suddenly tastes even better and I could make that at home. Or what about, uh, what about something like, we, we talked about like taking out the trash. You guys, uh, we, we talked about this last night, taking out the trash. And I think about all the times when mom tells you to take out the trash and maybe... Maybe for some of you, you kind of grumbled through it. You were sitting on your couch. Mom tells you to take out the trash. You go, you do it. You take the, the trash bag out. You go outside. You throw it into the trash can, and you get back on the couch. And then mom comes back to you, and she says, Dylan, why didn't you put a trash bag back into the trash can? 
Do you guys ever do that before? Yep, you don't complete the process. There is something about the inconvenience that we don't like. We like the shortcut. Or what about this last picture? This last picture. Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, yeah. Are you saying you guys know what this is? Have you, have you used it before? Have you used it at school before? Do you, do you guys think that I wrote my message using that? I don't know, you'll never know, you'll never know. But here's the deal guys, here's the deal. We like the shortcuts. We like the easy way through. But let me tell you, let me tell you, when we look at Daniel's obedience to God, it didn't seem like the shortcut situation. It didn't exactly seem like the easy way through. But the thing that Daniel knew is that God was ultimately the one that is in control. That he believed that God, if he trusts him and he puts his faith in him, that God would actually lead him to the best and the good things that he has in store for his life. That in the long run, that those things would be far better than all the shortcuts and all the easy paths through. That what God had in store from him was actually the best thing that he could go after. Better to trust him than to not trust him. Better to get into the lion's den than to turn his back from God. And so I want to invite you guys into the next part of the story. So we see that as the story continues, the king gets up quickly into the next day. He runs to the lion's den to check if Daniel is still there. Is he eaten? Is he alive? And as he looks, he shouts out, Daniel, are you there? And we see in this next verse, it says this in 21 through 23. It says this, that Daniel spoke with the king. May the king live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. Guys, a miracle just happened. And they haven't harmed me, for I was found innocent before him and also before you. Your majesty, I have not done harm. And the king, he was overjoyed and he gave orders, take Daniel out of the lion's den. And when Daniel was brought up from the den, he was found to be unharmed, for he trusted in his God, what we see is that Daniel was unharmed because he put his full faith in God, guys. So here's the next point, is that faith is expecting. Can you guys say the word expecting? Expecting, expecting that God can do mighty things. Faith is expecting that God can do mighty things. And it makes me think about um, all of you. It makes me think about Whatever situation, whatever circumstance, all of you might be walking in. What is your Daniel in the lion's den challenge? Because see, I know that for some of you, you might be asking a similar question to Daniel. Is that, can I have faith in God when I get thrown into the lion's den? Or for you, you might be asking, can I have faith in God when I'm going through depression? and anxiety, and I don't know if I feel like there's hope in this world. That is such a real conversation that I know multiple of students have been having with each other and processing that thought this week. Or what about, can I have faith in God whenever my mom has cancer? Can I have faith in God when it feels like my family is just crumbling around me, my parents' marriage is falling apart or it has fallen apart, and my home feels unsafe, my home feels like chaos? Can I have faith in God 
when I don't know if there's a single person in my life that I feel like I can count on. Or maybe you're, you're like me, can I have faith in God? I asked this, this question when I was younger, um, is whenever I see my mom going through, through sickness. So whenever I was seven years old, um, me and my mom were in an accident, and from that day, my mom was permanently disabled. Um, it was something that changed my world. I felt like at times it wrecked our lives. Um, and through that, I saw my mom suffer through some crazy things. My mom has a very chronic pain disorder. Um, and I remember so often praying, can I have faith in God? And can I believe that God would heal my mom? Or can I have faith in God when till this day, let me tell you guys, this is actually still my prayer today, is can God heal my mom? And you might be wondering, well, Tammy, you're up here right now and you're talking to me about how you had something happen in your life and you've prayed to God and you've put your faith in God, but God didn't do that miraculous thing like you're talking about. So then how is it that you can say that you have faith in God? And I'm here to tell you guys today that I do believe that he can and that he has done mighty things. I do and believe that and know that God can do miracles in our lives. And though God may have not done a miracle in my life like the way that I would exactly picture or dream or hope for, this is still a prayer in my life today. I believe that God can do miracles like saving people from lion's dens. I believe that he can do miracles like healing the sick in circumstances like my mom. And I believe that God has actually done a miracle in our lives. See, here's the thing. I have a picture to show you of me and my mom. And um, isn't my mom beautiful? And, uh, and see, here's the thing about my mom. I love her so much. And if you were to meet her, you would never know that she is going through what she goes through. Um, she has had so many surgeries. She has had time after time doctor's visits. And the thing that doctors have consistently said to her is, I don't understand why you have joy and why you have hope in the way that you do. Because most people in your situation, in your circumstance, would be bedridden. Most people in your situation lack a sense of hope and purpose in their life. But here's the thing that my mom has. My mom... And I, and many of you, we have already received the greatest gift that we could ever receive in this life. And what is that gift, guys? That gift is a hope for our future. That gift is an everlasting life with Jesus that if we believe in him and we put this word faith in God, that he promises us an everlasting life. And so this pain and all of these different things that we are talking about right now, that struggle that you are coming in with, guys, let me tell you, with an eternity in heaven with God, that pain, that sickness, those trials will be no more. This is the God that we believe in. But many of you are thinking, Tammy, but I'm dealing with my struggle and my circumstance right now. And here's the thing that God invites us to do. He allows us to take a hold of those circumstances so that when we put our faith in him, those things don't need to be the ones that are in control of our lives. So guys, let me tell you, God does miracles. God does amazing and mighty things. And I believe that he can do those things in your life. I have seen it play out in my life. Here's the thing we know about Jesus. If we believe, 
if we believe in him. He has promised us the greatest gift. He's promised us the greatest gift that we could ever receive. And that's the last point of today is this, is faith. Faith begins with believing that Jesus is the only way. It's with believing that Jesus is the only way. There's nothing else that we can put our faith in that will lead us to as great of a path that God has in store for your lives. And so why do we turn from sin? Why do we not take what seems like the easy ways through? It's because God has good plans for our lives. God wants to work with us in the process. When you put your faith in him, guys, he can do mighty things in your life. Do you believe that? So as we come to a close of our time tonight, tonight is a special night. Tonight is a night that I've been, many of our leaders have been praying about for, for weeks leading into today. Um, and it is this opportunity and this invitation that with the words that we just put up on the screen, that faith begins with believing that Jesus is the only way, that for some of you, that is a decision that you've never made in your life. That is a decision that you've never put your faith into. And that is a decision that you can make tonight. And guess what? It takes some courage. It takes some courage. It takes not knowing where all the answers and where everything is going to lead us, but it takes, it takes faith, a little bit of trust. God, I believe that you could do mighty things in my life. I don't know what it is, but there's something that's stirring up in my heart that's causing me to maybe lean in to believe that, God, you can do something. You can do something in my life. And then there's some of you in this room who have maybe said yes to Jesus before, but you have walked away from that. You have walked away from walking out the walks of faith. But here's the thing, God has never left you. He is just saying, come home, come home. You can recommit your life to Jesus today. And he is saying, come home. And so what we want to do in this time, and we want to be, I want to, I want to encourage you guys to be so respectful in this. And many of you, you've made the step of faith before. But I want to invite those of you who want to make that decision to say yes to Jesus for the very first time to stand up. And so we're just going to take a moment to allow you guys to do that, to just stand. That's all you have to do. And so if right now, if you want to make a decision to say yes to Jesus for the first time in your life, I want to invite you to stand up.
I'm so proud of you. It was a life-changing decision. It was a life-changing decision. And the reason why we invite you to stand too is because now there's a community around you who wants to support you and walk with you through that very thing. Guys, we are so proud of you. It is a, a life-changing decision that you just made. for the very first time. All right. And so now, I want to make an opportunity for those of you who want to make that recommitment. Maybe felt like, man, I felt distant from Jesus. But I want to come home. I want to come home to him tonight. So if that is you, I want to invite you to stand. decision. And so what I actually want to do is I want to invite those of you who said yes to Jesus for the first time and for those who made a recommitment could you stand one more time and what we're going to do, just stand up stand up together stand up together and we're going to pray over you, alright? So for those of you who are around those that are standing up, would you just reach out to them if you're close by just put a hand on their shoulder and we're going to pray for them right now about this decision that they just made and so for those of you who stood would you just place one hand on your heart just place one hand over your heart we're going to pray with you so jesus we just come before you this night lord and i thank you so much god that we can look to the goodness of the news that you have given us through Jesus, that though that there is pain and sickness and brokenness in this world, that we do not have to go through those things alone, that God, you have the best plan in store for us within this life, that you have given us a hope for our future and everlasting life in you, God, that we can place that hope in you, God, and you have promised us the best thing that we have in store, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for the gift of you, and dying on the cross for us so that we can live in this purpose with you, God. We thank you for that. And Lord, I just pray for the students here that are standing and saying yes to you for the very first time in their life. What a big and what a monumental moment. Lord, I just pray that God, um, that you speak to them where they are at right now. God, you remind them of this goodness that you have in store for them and that as they begin to walk out in this journey of faith with you, God, that they will know that they never have to be alone again, that God, your Holy Spirit is with us always, guiding us into the good plans of their lives. And so Jesus, I just pray for them. I pray for the community to come alongside them, friends.
friendships in their lives that will be able to help and guide them as they are just bearing the fruit of the goodness of your, of your news in their life, God. And Lord, I'm just praying as well for those who have said yes again to you and want to put their faith yet again in you, God. Lord, right now, I pray that you remind them that you were there. You were always there, welcoming them with open arms. That, God, you are there and your love is great and good for them. There is nothing that they need to hold on to, no shame, no guilt, no sin that needs to be able to be the thing that holds them back. But, God, you have so much that is in store that, Lord, that when we run to you, God, you remind us that you make us clean. And I pray that that truth is interjected into their hearts tonight. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for what you are doing in the lives of this high school ministry and the lives of these students. Pray these things in your name. Amen. So will you guys stand with us as we worship?